0: Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205 205- I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back. Today I need to begin by reminding you of something extremely important. You are a vessel, created and recreated by God, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so that you can pour the Holy Spirit into the lives of every person you meet, and no, I honestly cannot think of anything more important than that to tell you. I've made the commitment to preach that sentence everywhere I've gone this year and maybe for years to come. Embedded within it is this crucial concept that you are valuable, that God has saved you and continues to utilize you to carry out His good work in connection with the Holy Spirit. And while we could build several lessons excavating all of the details behind those concepts, in the end, in practical terms, it really just boils down to Galatians chapter 5 and the fruit of the Spirit. It is this basic idea that everywhere you go and every person that you meet, God has sanctified and directed you to pour love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control into those people's lives. I've talked about this in previous episodes. Trying to carry all nine of those qualities every day is pretty tough. So I wake up in the morning on my way to brushing my teeth, and I touch nine tiles in the bathroom. Love, joy, peace, patience. And then after brushing my teeth, I go back and pick one. This will be the centerpiece for today. I then sit down with a cup of coffee in the journal and I write some prayers that include that word that may even discuss with God specific moments planned throughout the day where that quality is needed. And more specific to our content today, for the most part, that is all very transactional. It has to do with people I will sit down with or spend time with or interact with. And while all nine of those are incredible and we should work on each of them, I submit today that kindness is the hidden jewel among that list. I like the fact that it is entirely transactional. You don't think about kindness without thinking about interacting with someone. Being kind is not self-contained. It is evidenced and noted by the kind of conversations that you have, your willingness to give the right of way to someone else, or even the way you respond when someone treats you poorly. You might could argue that things like love and joy and peace are mainly dealt with on the inside and then indirectly touch other people. But not kindness. It is all about other people. And as I would love to submit to you today, it is very powerful. It has the ability to change the tone of a room immediately. And I want you to come to expect that kindness has that kind of an impact? Firstly, it is of the Holy Spirit. It is a quality of God prescribed to you because of the difference it can make. And so the layout today is the exploration of that. We will begin with a basic definition, some generic ideas, and then as we zone in, we'll talk about marriage a bit. And finally, I have a little list of practical application for you to think about this week. So let's begin with the basic, worldwide, present-day definition of kindness. It is the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. So I don't know exactly where you are right now or what limitations you have of writing things down or taking note of them, but find a place to record this. Kindness is friendliness, generosity, and being considerate. Now, when you think about those words, I want you to ask yourself, am I becoming the kind of person who exudes those qualities as the standard level of care and consideration? When I meet a stranger, are these the kinds of things that they get from me from the very beginning? Have I extended this common courtesy into the lives of the people that I see every day? And have I grown in the Holy Spirit to the point where I can maintain levels of friendliness, generosity, and consideration, even when I'm under distress or facing opposition? We often argue that every good thing you hope to build for the rest of your life will be founded with love. If you do not care for the person in front of you, there is nothing good that can happen, but anything is possible when you do. I still stand by that. But I would like to add kindness as the first and most consistent method by which you share that love. And everything that comes after is dependent upon it. Maybe I'm a bit of an optimist in our world. I know it's kind of a mess out there. But I think common courtesy and kindness is still alive and well in the world today. I also believe that most people are predispositioned to want to be nice. And if we looked around, we would probably discover that it still exists in great quantity in what we might call small kindnesses. I was reading a short poem by someone named Denutia Lamaris, It was published in the New York Times about three years ago, and she wrote the following. I've been thinking about the way, when you walk down a crowded aisle, people pull up their legs to let you by. Or how strangers still say, bless you, when someone sneezes, a leftover from the bubonic plague Don't die, is basically what they're saying. And sometimes, when you spill lemons from your grocery bag, someone will help you pick them up. Mostly, we don't want to harm each other. We want to be handed our cup of coffee hot and to say thank you to the person handling it. To smile at them and for them to smile back. For the waitress to call us honey when she sets down the bowl of clam chowder. Or for the driver in the red pickup truck to let you pass. We have so little of each other now so far from tribe and fire, only these brief moments of exchange. What if they are the true dwelling of the holy, these fleeting temples we make together when we say, here, have my seat, go ahead, you go first, or I like your hat. I really like the way that's worded. It helps us see that being kind is a quality of person that is exemplified in the smallest and simplest of occasions. And it's really those daily habits that prepare you to maintain it when situations get much more difficult. And I also love this concept that there is power in kindness and that you can genuinely shape the tone of someone's day with a simple word of compliment or moment of grace. It's funny, I had just read that quote and was about to start recording and I thought, I'm going to run to the grocery store and get some coffee And I walked around the corner of an aisle and there was a woman coming towards me who was looking down and didn't see me. We were pretty close to a collision and officially in a court of law, it would be ruled that I had the right of way, I think. But I went ahead and stopped anyway and kind of waited a second and she looked up at me and I smiled at her and she smiled back and she walked off. And I noticed as she turned that she was holding a bag of lemons and it made me think of the quote that I just read to you. Maybe a tiny act of consideration can even keep some lemons from rolling across the floor. So ultimately, our first observation is from the old D. Bowman articles, Be Wise, Small. And while you and I get that pretty well when it comes to a stranger in the grocery store or someone who comes to a four-way stop at the exact moment you do, maybe the real challenge is to be friendly, generous, and considerate to people that we know very well where there is a bit of history that has some ups and downs and maybe more than a small measure of pride. This naturally draws my thinking to marriage, so I'd like to talk about that for a little bit today. You can apply what you are about to hear to any other interpersonal, well-worn, and well-known relationship that you have. But I can say with all honesty that the biggest secret in my marriage to Summer that has made it better than it's ever been was not in any way complex, it didn't take a hundred pieces coming together, I just needed to be nice to her, to make kindness and consideration the base level for all of our conversations, from the inconsequential to the confrontational. I hear so many people in marriage who really cannot predict the spouse they're going to wake up to in the morning or meet after work in the evenings. We say we love each other no matter what, but maybe we aren't kind no matter what, which again betrays the entire foundation we're trying to build our lives upon. We can do so much better, and I love to preach about how easily my favorite sermon on marriage is from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. We covered these verses in great detail in three episodes back in April of 2021 called Mirror and Triangle. Strategy and secret, myth and passage. But today I will give it to you in much shorter form. It applies to all relationships. The text says to sum up, all of you be. And then six things get listed harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind hearted, humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. Kind-hearted is tucked in the middle of that, but to me, it's foundational to all of it. Number one, be harmonious. This person in front of you, find something you agree upon. Find something you can be cordial about and build from there. Don't start with the negatives, the disagreements, the tone that is instantly unkind. Start with shared values and then zip the jacket from there. Number two, be sympathetic. That is a feeling of compassion for the other person, seeing things, even the very conversation you're having from their point of view, basically being considerate. Number three, brotherly, and this was a huge one for me. Treat your spouse, treat your parent, treat your neighbor like you would treat the most beloved older brother or sister in Christ at your church. You are instinctively respectful and kind to that sweet person at church. You will go out of your way to go help them fix something that's broken at their home. Become the kind of person who treats the people closest to you in your life like you do a beloved brother. Humble in spirit relates to the word generous in our kindness definition. This is not about me or what I get. It's about you or us or God and what I can pour into the situation that is helpful. Remember, you are a vessel filled by the Holy Spirit to pour forth of the Spirit into the lives of everyone you meet or know or the person that you married. And then lastly in that list, not returning insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. Peter is honestly establishing that in every relationship, someone will make a mistake, they will say the wrong thing, They will light a match that could easily lead to a fire. But true kindness of nature is not just starting the interaction well, though that has the power to go a very long ways. It also considers the power of the first response. Okay, Summer must have had a hard day. I came in and she just said something very direct to me. I probably deserved it, but I really wish she would have worded that differently. It is crucial for me in that moment to recognize that the evening is not lost. What I say in return, where I decide to take this thing, which spans from saying, I'm sorry, babe, I'll do better, to some incredibly unkind retaliatory defense, is going to define or very quickly and powerfully redefine the entire feel of the room. Kindness begins a conversation with something considerate, complimentary if possible, and when something unkind is tossed into the mix, it returns blessing for insult, which, when executed with true consideration and not trumped up sarcasm, simply does amazing things. And again, this works with a stranger where you both pull out in front of each other in the intersection and they look at you with a scowl on their face and you lift up your hand and say, I'm sorry, and they smile and you go about your day. And it also works when someone who knows you very well picks at an old wound for whatever reason and you tell them that you love them and you'd love their help to do a little better. So I really hope this all sounds too simple to be true because to me, that's the coolest part of a Holy Spirit driven life. It is so simple. It really just demands that I keep a soft heart, whether I'm reading the word or interacting with others or just going about the regular challenges of the day. Okay, so I only have a few minutes left, but I hope I can interest you in some next-level stuff. You might be the kind of person who says, I want to be more like this. I feel this towards others. There are relationships where I need to try and redefine it with kindness but I'm not exactly sure how. So I was studying the word kindness throughout Scripture a few years ago, and I came across five real-life situations where that word was used and where it got manifested in very tangible and real and repeatable ways. Let me share with you five simple things you can do this week. I'll put them in the show notes later for reference. Number one, give a gift. In Acts 9, there was a woman who was noted, for her kindness and charity. A lot of people came to her bedside where she had died holding gifts that she had given. If you'd like to see a relationship grow or improve or turn around, come up with something simple and considerate. And out of nowhere, give a gift. Number two, make a trip. Peter traveled from Joppa to Caesarea to share the gospel with Cornelius. And the first thing Cornelius noted when he saw him was how kind it was of him to come. Maybe it's time to pay someone a visit. Not for any scheduled or obvious or obligatory reason, but just because you want to go to them and give them particular attention for their benefit. It doesn't have to be long to be impactful, as was the case with Peter's visit to Cornelius. Number three, build a fire. In Acts 28, after Paul's shipwreck, he washes up with others on the island of Malta, soaked and cold. And the Bible says that the natives showed them extraordinary kindness by kindling a fire. Kindness, by definition, is friendliness and generosity, but it also incorporates consideration. Is there someone in your life who needs something that you can provide? Instead of waiting until a convenient time for you to help them or waiting on them to earn it, go kindle that fire, or in other words, provide for them the thing that you have that they need. Number four, be one-sided. In Titus 3, the kindness there references God's kindness towards us in Jesus and the salvation he provided through the Christ because of his great love for us it was a completely one-sided deal. I didn't deserve it. You don't deserve it. But God did and God does amazing things for us because of his perfect kindness. That is in his nature. It is in the nature of the Holy Spirit who is in us so that we can pour that out into the lives of others. So number four, be one-sided. Don't make them earn it. And don't expect anything in return. Just be to someone else, at least once, what God is for you every day. And then lastly, and somewhat connected to that from Ephesians 2, create a habit. It's not just that God was kind to us. He continues in grace-lavishing kindness. It is His consistency that sustains our hope. So with someone in your life, don't just give a gift or make a trip, or build a fire. Don't just be one-sided one time, but start something new, something courteous or friendly, and be consistent with it. To reference our discussion on marriage, tell her you love her every morning. Bring her her favorite candy twice a month. Because listen, the goal here is not just to do something kind where you usually don't, The goal is to become the kind of person who is known to be and trusted to be full of kindness. Countless amazing things can grow out of that because kindness is powerful. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creation revelationcom This wonderful company run by Christians provides beautiful illustrations of Scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Excel still more.